0: today on growth mindset university
1: i believe in followers i believe in vanity metrics all that i mean it's why yeah i, I why mean why do you it, believe
0: in vanity metrics so like six hundred thousand views you believe in that
1: you're listening to growth mindset university educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite it's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris.
0: My guest today is Shay Robottom. Shay has grown to over 100,000 followers, garnered over 12 million views on her content. And generated seven figures in sales for partnering media companies. Now she's ready to share her strategies with you and produce the same kind of, resu- of results for your brand. And that's what we're going to be learning about today. Shay and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jordan.
0: Yes. And we were talking off the air how it's uh, it's been a long time coming. You know, we it's shocking how we've not met how we've not talked yet in real time. You know, we've been commenting on each other's posts for many months now. And you reminded me of one of the videos that I commented on how we met, so to say, how do we e-met, so to say. I commented on your sales video because you had mentioned, you know, you make these funny videos, humor is your thing, and really how you stand out, in my opinion. And you know that as well. Uh, but you had mentioned Jordan, you know, you'd used the name Jordan in a video. And I, I was... Uh, and it was like a funny part of it. And I don't know, I just played on that with my comment. And you're like, hey, and and from there, we just, I don't know. And, and I never like, I never thought, you know, oh, I'll have Shay on my podcast. You know, I'll, like it was never really a thought. But I was like, you know what? I think I'd love to. <laughs>
1: I'd love to do <laughs> yes. It's
0: funny how it works.
1: I'm glad I'm here. So we yeah. made it happen.
0: Absolutely. So Shay Rowbottom on LinkedIn and Instagram is where people can find you and also Shay Rodham, Shay, Shay Wow, sorry, what is wrong with me? Yeah. Shayrobotm.com people can actually schedule a call with you there and talk to you in real time the way I'm talking to you in real time here.
1: Yep, absolutely. It won't necessarily be me. It might be my partner or another representative from my company, but yeah, you can absolutely fill out a form to get a hold of us for business there.
0: Perfect. So when people ask what you do, Shay, how do you answer that?
1: Absolutely. So, um, you know how today a lot of businesses and individuals struggle to create content for social media that's actually effective, that actually, you know, moves the needle, gets them more followers, gets them more views and gets them leads that's a big uh, disconnect. A lot of companies just, they don't know how to do it. They don't even know where to begin. So that's where I come in. I teach founders and executives how to create a consistent uh, stream of video content for their LinkedIn page to attract their target market and get leads um, without breaking the bank or without spending too much time. That's usually like the first objective objection that arises anytime with a prospect is like, I'm just, I'm a CEO. I I don't have time. I don't have time to do this video thing. So that's really what my six week LinkedIn video bootcamp program is about is teaching people the same steps that I've used, that Luke has used that we picked up at our last agency for creating video content consistently. That's high performing in the newsfeed. That's going to get attention online and ultimately get your target market to see you as the expert in your industry to pick up the phone and do business with you. Um, So it's been a really awesome journey. I've had a lot of success myself with transforming my own business and attracting leads for it through LinkedIn. But now I also get to see my clients thrive and attract more of their target market on LinkedIn as well.
0: So you're saying dollars come, can come from followers if you, if you have Mm -hmm. the content strategy in place. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. I believe in, I believe in followers. I believe in vanity metrics, all that. I mean, it's, Why Why do you believe
0: in vanity metrics? So like 600,000 views, you believe in that?
1: I believe that it's a numbers game. And the more people you can get to land on your profile, the more likely you're going to get more of your target market to land on your profile. So long as your profile is optimized, states very clearly the problem you solve. For your target market to understand when they land on your profile and a clear cta to reach out Um, it's a numbers game so you're just going to get more and more people to reach out now there is a relevance factor that has to come into play um there's definitely you know hacks to go viral like you can curate a cute cat video and it just goes viral for the sake of it being a cute cat video is that going to attract your target market and get people to pick up the phone Probably not. So, you know, there is a, there is a a valid debate with the vanity metrics thing that it can just be nothing. But what I've found is strength in numbers. So the more people I can just get to uh, see me, the more people I can get to, to follow me that those are, these are people who basically vouch for me and validate me. A lot of my followers, you know, may never buy from me, but they share my content. They engage with my content. They help amplify my message so that I can get in front of more people and more of my target market.
0: Yeah. Interesting what you say about the cat video. Like, you know, it's not, it doesn't really relate, you know, to, to your services. I, I point to, I think of this videos, like the the day of or the day before my interview with James Altucher in New York. And I posted this video about him and it got 75,000 views. Wow. How many leads did I get from that? Zero.
1: Oh really? Yes. But I
0: posted and then I posted, you know, two months later, a video uh, about my new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. Yeah, free online resource. You
1: are a rockstar podcaster, by the way. I got to give you credit. You're so young and you're killing it. I love watching you.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, Shay. Yeah. (laughs) But... I posted that the video only got four thousand three hundred views, but I got eighty six leads from that, Shut and, up. and they've continued to. Go, okay. Oh yes, oh yes. That's what's up. That's yeah. What's
1: up. Yeah. And so,
0: so I I totally see what you're saying there. Like the relevance matters. Now, how are you selling on with social media? Because I don't see I don't see Shay Robot. I'm like hosting this hard call to action um, like selling i don't see you in the dms unless maybe i haven't gotten one of the dms i don't see you like <laughs> cold reaching out to people like hey my service blah 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 like yeah yeah you sell essentially you sell without selling how do you do that?
1: yeah you know what's crazy is we only just we're literally like just starting to do outreach we never needed to because everyone comes to me but i do talk about my services you know i i'm not selly i'm not not. I don't ask for hardly anything. Um, but I'd say that I do mix in enough content that's very clearly, Uh, you know, humbly flexing me as a video marketer. I mean, I do release videos with like free marketing tips. You know, here's how you can get more reach on your videos. Here's how you can do headlines. So even though I do cover a variety of topics and I cast the net wide, I'm definitely sure to establish myself as an authority in the video marketing space. Like you follow me long enough, you're definitely gonna see some content where you're like, okay, you know, this chick really knows what she's doing when it comes to video online. Um, Hard CTAs. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really use them. I, I'm more so focused on, uh, creating the need and educating so that people can make the decision on their own. Oh, I need video. I'm going to call Shay. So I, I won't necessarily say like, you need video, reach out to me, but I will say things like, Oh, this person And this person had the same business. One of them did video and one of them didn't. Here's where they arrived in five years. You know, I'll just provide information and basically give people uh, the need without being pushy about it. And slowly but surely they reach out to me. They're like, you know what? I think I do need video content. I think anyone who's been following me long enough is in the in the healthiest way brainwashed to realize how important video content is because I do touch on it so uh, consistently and so regularly. So um, I do plan to get a little more selly and a little more uh, you know like hey I'm I'm gonna start asking for things now but. Me too. I- yeah i mean i don't recommend it when you're growing a following and i know that a lot of people especially business owners especially money hungry people they have a hard time with this they really want that instant fix they want to start you know doing hard ctas right away they want to it's like the the best advice i can give is just build a following and a and a platform for as long as you can without asking the longer you can go without trying to take every influencer deal that comes your way or monetize or do this i mean People follow you for you. People follow you because you're uh, a real person and you're you're giving free value on the platform. As soon as you switch and start coming off as someone who's a taker, you know that's when you lose your army of brand ambassadors.
0: Yeah, I I do like that you say, uh, you know, maybe not do this when you're coming up, when you you know, when you're building that following because. This one time... Or just not a
1: lot, you know? Yeah. Not, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, there's a difference when you have the authority and when you don't because in the beginning of summer, this New York Times bestselling author who I actually wanted to reach out to have on my podcast, like, at, at you know, at some point, he reached out to me and he's like, like, hey, Jordan, I'd love to hop on a phone call to, like, discuss, you know, how we can, you know, I'm doing this right now, this project, how we can, you know, discuss partnering and, like, promoting, like, this. If that came from... Joe Schmo, I would have ignored that message. But because it came from someone who already had the following and the authority, I was like, yes, I was like, heck, yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> I got a phone call. Well, after. yeah. And that's
1: and that's why outreach from my profile is so much more powerful now because of that, what you just said. So it's I'm excited to we're doing a couple new things with the marketing. You know, we really haven't had to go Uh, invest in other channels. Now we're starting to, you know, do the ads on Facebook and the whole other other channels. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the results just because we've had so much success with the organic content and inbound leads on LinkedIn. It's going to be interesting to see how these other channels compare.
0: So your central message right now is video marketing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why? Um, Because video is the Most watched media, I mean, it's taking over every platform. It's essentially the quickest way to connect to a human. And it's becoming uh, almost like the way that we consume information in a lot of ways. You know, I, I recently read a study about how millennials are actually 10 times more engaged during their job training if the training is a video course. Like we like learning through video. It's this new medium that's really taken over. And on top of that, I think because I do video content and and you can, you know, get good reach on article images, you know, text posts, like it's possible to to amplify your message and, and break through the noise doing those other forms of content. However, it's not as personal. You know, people, the, they follow Shea Robottom and they feel like they know Shea Robottom because I'm constantly showing up on video. It's my face. Yes. It's my expression. It's my personality. People feel like they know me. I mean, I've met a lot of people in person now where they're just like, I feel like I know you. And it's- yeah. It's kind of cool. So I. That's think, the
0: brand. Your face. Your. Yeah. So your personality. I. Personality. I
1: think because I'm just showing up and I'm so personable, it makes it a lot more memorable. And I wouldn't be able to connect with my audience with the same level of depth that I have today had I only done photo and text posts.
0: Yeah, I was camera shy until. Oh. Uh, it was until April, and I really had, I had posted exactly zero videos with my face in it. And, oh, i didn't know that and yeah and i and in a two month time period i multiplied my profile views by five another you know a friend of awesome of, of mine maybe of of yours i don't know if you've interacted with her but she lives near you uh, heather monahan she yeah i know the, heather yeah she was the one that like she i'll say she forced me yeah she forced me she's a me confidence it. builder yeah yes, <laughs> and, exactly. uh, yeah and uh and so I'm very grateful for that. And you know, she told me like, yeah, you're, you know, my profile views multiplied by five when I started posting video because she was scared as well. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. right, but whatever, I'll do yeah. it. And, <laughs> and it happened. And and now the the past, I'd say the past two months, I have not been posting as many videos with my face in it for whatever reason, I still do it like once a week, but I'm not doing it like four or five times a week. And really? my, now my profile views have cut back by 33%. And I'm See? like, <laughs> you
1: gotta get back on it.
0: Yeah. But I'm like such a, I've been, I've been a pessimist with like videos lately. You know, it'll say 20,000 views or in your case, 600,000 views. And I'm <laughs> like, and I'm like, okay, how many of them watched for more than eight seconds? How many of them actually turned the sound on? And I'm like, Probably seven, <laughs> you Maybe, know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I yeah. I, I, I always look at the, I, especially on LinkedIn. I the, was gonna the, say the feed. The feed. Well, Maybe on YouTube. On YouTube, it's obviously different. And you have a great YouTube channel with over a thousand subscribers. But on LinkedIn, I'm like people. I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I don't think people care.
1: I look at engagement. I really do. LinkedIn, for one is inaccurate with the reporting metrics, the the views specifically. I've had a lot of issues with LinkedIn. It's gotten better, but uh, I don't believe the views are always accurately reported. So I always calculate engagement to kind of understand where I'm at. And I have some of the highest percentage of engagement on LinkedIn um, because so many of my followers uh, engage with every single post. So it's really for me, I try not to focus so much on the views. It can help understand the content. Um, Like for example, uh, like I'll get lower engagement on controversial topics because I'll get more views, but less engagement because yes, it's like people want to watch, but they don't want to engage. They don't want to like yeah. be seen scene interacting. So, you know, there's certain experiments where you can tell like, no, this piece of content would just naturally get less engagement. But overall, as long as I'm getting the likes that I expect, the comments, the the conversation happening in the comment section, you know, that's what I consider a win in content.
0: Absolutely. So you're, Main message right now is video marketing, and so that 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 touches on content strategy, I guess. Uh, that's your central message. Uh, what would you say? Or I actually heard you say with Q that yeah. content strategy is not taught in school. Q, by the way, if you haven't picked up friend of the podcast, it's like half the podcast ago. But Quentin Allums, episode seventy something. I oh, you I had Q. I didn't even. Yeah, know okay. yeah, it was a long time nice. ago. Yeah, nice. but. Uh, if you had to describe your content strategy, what would you say? Effective. Effective. What effective. goes into making it effective?
1: Well, you know, I have a really, really unique experience. I mean, I, I owned one of the biggest video marketing agencies on Facebook. We provided content to... Margle Yeah, yeah. We provided content to all of Facebook. I mean, it was... It was a really uh, intense experience. Very high-pressure job. I was curating and licensing video content, which um, really profitable business to be in today, but really stressful business to be in because yeah, of why po- sa-
0: why high pressure and stressful?
1: Um, because you're licensing content and facilitating deals between the content owner and the blogs who are going to use the content. Um, we were working with such a high volume of clips that even. Everything being 100% licensed correctly, the right way, um, some hiccups are bound to happen. So false reports would happen. I'd have to, you know, get on the phone with partnering licensing companies like every week to discuss like who got the license first. Is it our Can we lift the report? I mean, several of the videos got reported. I was always able to lift the reports because of our record keeping and and the way that we did things so by the book legally that anytime there was a false report like this video is not licensed, which will happen no matter what any licensing company deals with this you know what do you mean
0: by not licensed
1: like um somebody will report the video on the page saying like this page this is my content and this page doesn't have rights to this content so i feel like
0: people on linkedin are just are like there's so so many serial thieves that just it is it is it'll change and they'll say credit Twitter oh, like, okay, no, no, but no, like, no, no. no. no t- I'm pretty sure Twitter did not make produce that video. Like no, who was, they it? didn't
1: No, And this is what, <laughs> this is what my team did. I had, a, so part of my staff was curators. They were trained in understanding who really owns the content and tracking down the original owner. So you're, you're dead, right? It's a, it's a wild, wild West on LinkedIn right now with yeah. the stolen video clips, but it was like that on Facebook. This is a natural progression of any social media platform that, uh, Decides to release video as a feature. You know, the reason I had such a profitable business is because um, Facebook started cracking down on the stolen clips. Those little, oh, credit Twitter, that didn't fly anymore. After a while on Facebook, everyone started getting reported. Pages started getting punished. Pages started getting shut down. So it was like, shoot, all of these pages who had depended on this stream of video content, it was illegal, but nonetheless, they had gotten used to the video content and the results it garnered for their page that they became desperate and were willing to pay for safe copyright-free license video content. So that's why Luke and I dove into it so heavy is because there was a need for it, and we knew nothing about it. Like we literally figured it out as we went. We became one of the biggest providers of video content on Facebook. So the reason I bring all that up, and I don't want to get get down too much of a rabbit hole with the video licensing, because I'm not in that <laughs> business anymore. <laughs> Did
0: house. you sell that company?
1: Yeah, yeah. I sold my shares in the company. Yeah. Um, so, but the reason it's so significant to what I do on LinkedIn is because. I got so good at understanding what sorts of video content will perform well and even go viral. And not just the story, not just the context of the piece, because that helped a lot. What subject matters do people connect to? That, that sort of thing. I had a lot of data there, but really did the editing because we would curate the clips, but we'd also edit them. We had a team of editors, we'd re-edit them and um, you know optimize the video for social media, uh, basically just became an expert at writing headlines. <laughs> Literally, that's all I did for years. I sat down and I wrote thousands and thousands of headlines and I taught uh, dozens of film grads how to write headlines and how to edit videos for social media. You know, They certainly don't teach that in college yet, um, but it was a science that Luke and I figured out as we went, and ultimately went on to train people on how to make these videos. At, at one point, we were distributing over 2,000 videos across social media per month, accumulating over a billion views per month on all the content. So when you're working in with video at that volume, and these are short clips, you know these are like one minute, two minute videos, but the volume allowed me to accumulate so much data that. I mean really anyone in my position would've be would have became like a viral video expert. I was just very humbled. Because you just know what works. Yeah, I was just very humbled. What's like, the formula? The Krabby Patty formula. Honestly headlines. Headlines. That's it. Headlines Headlines mostly. Understanding, but pacing is really important. Like I liked what you said earlier about how many of these viewers actually watch my video till the end. You know, that's really, that's so true. And that's why I love Facebook. Like there's so much more functionality on the back end with Facebook, especially the ads manager where you can actually, yeah, you can actually understand how long people have watched your content for and then retarget and turn organic content into paid content. Like there's so much, there's so much functionality on the ad side of Facebook that I would like to see LinkedIn. Follow suit, but yeah, I mean, it uh, is—it is a lot about how to edit it quickly. I think that's the biggest thing—is like the pacing. People just underestimate how fast you have to be for social media. That's why I cut out all the pauses in my videos. I don't leave Mm, any opportunity. I know.
0: I noticed that a lot.
1: Yeah, a lot of cuts. Yeah, that's what I teach in my program. I teach people how to make videos in that format um, because when you cut out all the natural pauses which naturally occur in one-take videos, what you do essentially is you make it, you you get rid of all the opportunities for the viewer to click away. We call it slippery yeah. script writing too. You say one thing, it's striking. You say a second thing, that's striking. And they slowly slide into the video. Um, that's a lot of feedback I get. You know, people say, I watch your videos till the end. You know, and, and also just um, understanding what people want to connect with. You know, I did a lot of, A lot of content um, that I released or that I sold at Margle was feel-good content, like stories of people who had triumphal experiences. So that really also showed me that being vulnerable is a strength. You know, I I, I had mixed feelings in the beginning about being so open, about my shortcomings as a businesswoman. I thought, oh, LinkedIn, I'm going to really, you know, screw myself over by saying I have depression or whatever, you know. And it just, like, it totally panned out to be the opposite. People respected me more. People followed me. People like like I changed people's lives. Like I didn't, like I wasn't really even meaning to, but it happened. People would message me like, you've inspired me to get help with my depression. Like I finally, after years told my wife I'm depressed. I'm like, oh my God, like what is happening? Like I, I didn't realize this, this, we feel so alone. That's what it is. We feel alone in our struggles and in our hardships. So when we open up and we're a little like, oh my God, what's, how's this going to go? And people validate that it is the most, it is the purest form of human connection that we're all missing on a fundamental level so much these days that yeah even though maybe a few people were turned off of ever doing business with me because of my rawness yeah there's 20 more people for that one person who turned me down there's 20 more people knocking at my door now just because i've showed up as someone who's um willing to be real and willing to say the things that people want to say but don't have the strength to well
0: i Something I've thought about and pondered for a little while, many, a couple of years, there's a place for talking about that stuff. Like, mm. you know, your depression, uh, you know, if you have it and, and not like, if you, I feel like if you talk about it with friends via on social media, like too much, it, it can become who you are. Yes. Whereas like, yes. for example, like, you know, if I'm on a weekend trip with friends and I'm like, yeah, I'm like you know, and I start talking about it. It's like they're gonna be checking up on me all weekend. Like Jordan, how you feeling? How you feeling? Mm. You know, and it, and it's like I can't yeah. ever escape it and forget about it. Whereas, like if I don't give it life, right? It just it 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 can go away. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. And and this is like this is like shade coming to Jesus. Really, I mean, like I I had to. I had to come to terms with, like, my victim mentality in life because that, wow. that was a big theme for me. Like, I really struggled to uh, feel like I, I was powerful. Um, I had a really, really bad case of learned helplessness, still do. You know, from my childhood, I'm working through it. But you're absolutely right that the depression it can become people get addicted to it they get addicted to this victim mentality and having all that yeah I will say for me I mean the depression is certainly real it's a natural progression it didn't really hit me till I was an adult but it makes sense that it did given where I was coming from and how much I was holding however all that being said you know there's another aspect to my success and that's that I come from a narcissistically abusive family. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I mean, yes. I had to learn at a very young age how to get attention to survive. I became an expert at getting attention and getting well basically what I understand now is conditional love, but I thought it was I thought it was unconditional. I was trying to get the attention of my parents, you know, very young age I became Hyper attuned to what people want. I became a people pleaser. I just be. I read people. I had, what can I do for them? How can I be liked? How can I entertain? I was always, you know, the, put, uh,
0: putting maybe on a like theatrical narcissist.
1: Oh, so so much. I mean, like very theatrical. I was really good at getting attention. I was a performer. I wanted that, I wanted that so bad. So the other driver behind this success and this video content, it's certainly the video content and the marketing uh, uh, knowledge that I gained is what ultimately propelled me forward. But just the desire to need so much external validation will drive you forward in actually the most effective but ultimately not healthy way possible. And that was my come to Jesus moment with LinkedIn. It was like the perfect fusion of like, okay, I always wanted to be famous, because I have these deep insecurities from my childhood, but I didn't really know anything about marketing or business. And then I learned about marketing and business. I already had, you know, somewhat of a natural presence on camera from my performing background and definitely the desire to like, I want to be liked by everyone, I want to be famous. So when you fuse those two and it hits you, you start getting all these followers, you start getting all these tension. I created that. I created that reality for myself, where every morning I can wake up and sift through hundreds of comments of people telling me how great I am, yeah. simply because I actually, deep down, feel like a piece of shit about myself. So
0: yeah. Look, <laughs> Shay, I I get it because uh, a lot. I'm somewhere on the narcissism narcissistic spectrum as well because think about it i did not have friends in high school and when i went all the way to college a lot of things i did were for attention mm. like i just yes. i wanted the status i wanted the attention that's why i ran for president of my residence hall and i and i got elected and it was really cool but I, really? that first week i did so many things like i joined a fraternity i i i was president i became a student athlete out of nowhere and i just started I think I think that's maybe where you know it all looks good on paper, on a resume, like it looks amazing, um, all this stuff. But I have to rem- I have to like check myself too and be like, okay, part of like why I'm doing this is for the attention, and 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 <laughs> and, and it's and what you see on LinkedIn sometimes is for uh, exactly that. I will ad- I will admit to admit to that. So you admitted to being a narcissist. Uh, publicly in I'm not a in narcissist your, you, I, thought, I thought you posted uh, a video about it
1: did I did I say that I was a narcissist no I don't you know well, I, I don't,
0: you were you, you talking about your, your, your mom
1: yeah well yeah 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 so my parents are covert narcissists for sure I mean I would actually probably uh, diagnose them as subclinical psychopaths oh. they're really sick people so you have to I mean there's really no way you're coming out of that household without a little bit of narcissism yourself yeah. You have to, to survive. I would say my siblings and I are quite incredible, honestly. Like, I'd say we're uh, we're much more empathic. We came out as much more, like, people pleasers. We want to serve. We're not – we didn't really come out as, like, abusers. I'm probably the most narcissistic of all my siblings. But it's a difference when you say you're a narcissist versus you have some narcissistic qualities. Yes, exactly. So that's the – I mean, like, the fact that you, Jordan, could even sit here and say I'm narcissistic – you're probably not a narcissist. and, you know, and, they,
0: and that's what my friend told yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah,
1: they don't. They don't do that. But like, the
0: qualities are, the, like, you know,
1: it's you have can, to. You yeah. have to be real with yourself about, you know, am I doing this for attention? What's the intention behind this? The like, nar- like, the the day the day that you begin to dismantle your narcissism is the day you become aware of it. Yeah. Is really what it is. Most like, like when they say, when people say things like a narcissist is so sick they can never change, that's actually not true. It's just that they're so stuck in this false self that they're the likelihood of them becoming aware enough to change is very low. Whereas if you're just like a little narcissistic, yes. you're not full blown, but you know, like I kind of always knew, like I had this awareness, like, dude, I am like addicted to attention and like I need, like, I, this is like not healthy. I'm like always like looking. To like be validated it was like i picked up on it like okay maybe i'm a little narcissistic but what you have to understand and this is actually i'm starting a podcast about narcissism so i'll tell awesome. you more about that yeah it's gonna be lit it's gonna be so lit but what you have to understand is the culture that we've created encourages and perpetuates narcissism.
0: It does.
1: It's a silent epidemic. It's a silent killer in the business world and the business climate, especially narcissism and sociopathic behavior is highly rewarded. If you're a CEO who lacks empathy, you're deaf going to outrun the competition. So this is why I want to create a show around it, because I do believe the more that we can start to, um, try to make CEOs and and people in positions of power truly, I mean, amazing people in many ways. I'm not saying everyone with narcissistic traits is like just purely awful. It's just that the, the, because it's so silent and it's not like cancer. Like we all know cancer is an epidemic. Narcissism is so silent and kind of accepted that I really want to challenge business owners and people in position of power to question how their own narcissism has benefited them in their lives and their business success. So that's going to be a lot of what the show talks about
0: that's i'm I'm really excited to <laughs> listen you. to that, I think I need that one, but one of the qualities that I think of that I've read about in the laws of human nature, which is actually here, but nice. uh it's what was it um yeah, like you mentioned the you know you can sift through hundreds of like comments and messages of like you know people telling you how great i you know you are, and like I feel the same way, but when when we get one negative comment i i can't maybe i won't speak for you but for me when i get like one or two negative comments i'm like hypersensitive Mm -hmm. to that and that's like that's one yeah that's a narcissistic trait for sure oh yeah are you hypersensitive to it no 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 no
1: no no. that goes away that goes goes away away. i mean that yeah the bigger i mean how, how do you deal with it well i was a performer, so. I feel I had a great advantage coming into this because I already had a background in singing and performing and getting rejected all the time. I mean, I used to run out of auditions crying. People told me I sucked. You know, there was a Reddit page made about me back when I was rapping. I had like a music video, a really low quality music video. Maybe I'll share it sometime just for fun, (laughs) but it was a, it was a music video nonetheless. And there was a Reddit page made about me that I was a man in drag and that I was, yes, it was like, so, and like, even that i just i just laughed like it was like i never i think because of the household i grew up in it hardened me so much my sisters never supported me they bullied the they bullied the crap out of me i mean like I did not get bullied at school i definitely got bullied at home with my sisters and that's the kind of environment narcissistic parents create they don't want the children to get along they want the child divide and conquer so the narcissistic families you'll often find the children are not aligned the children typically hate each other just as much mm. it's a dysfunction so i was really hardened by that because at a young age i just learned to let it go it's like okay people are going to hate you regardless you might as well do what you want it was hard in the beginning on linkedin i mean definitely there was some comments that got to me i'd say like the bigger i got the more i just realized like look shay all of these people commenting saying how much you've helped them how grateful they are for your content how much you inspire them this far outweighs the people who are you know and and a lot of it frankly is just hurtful it's not constructive criticism it's like your voice is ugly it's like okay yeah you know it's just people trying to hurt you so yeah you just gotta like
0: Someone said that to my friend Hala Taha on one of our videos oh, the really? other day that we posted like, yeah, I can't stay, you know, like great video, but I can't stand Hala's, you know, voice. And I'm, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I got like, I was like, dude, like.
1: It doesn't, it what? doesn't matter. And that's the thing. I love my voice. My voice is like one of my favorite qualities. So yeah. a comment like that doesn't really, I mean, if it's a comment that triggers you, it's usually because it's something true honestly like it's usually coming Mm. from a place like like that woman who said the narcissistic comments (laughs) it's coming from a place of some truth like i know she was probably trying to be hurtful as well but it's it's like if you can look at your comments and actually ask yourself okay this is a hater this is a troll whatever but actually ask yourself is there any truth in what they're saying and is that maybe actually why i'm upset is because they're calling me out on something i don't want to own
0: sometimes there is yeah i I, I feel that so so for
1: comments that are just blatantly like your voice is ugly Eh, that doesn't really affect i don't believe my voice is ugly that's not like a trigger for me for something like shay you clearly have like unhealed childhood wounds and your like resentment and bitterness shines through your video content get off my feed oh you know what i mean that's where i'm kind of like whoa Maybe they're right. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, those are the ones that get to me where I'm like, is this true? And then I just try to be real. Like, what if it, you know, whatever.
0: Well, in case the listener has any doubts as to how well... You handle these, uh, you know, these comments. I have a screenshot that I'm looking at right now. Some uh, somebody named Missy commented. Yeah, so this is the
1: one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Shay suffers from narcissistic personality disorder and is enabled by LinkedIn. Uh, Shay's response was, "Yeah, right, right, right." Shay's response: This is the best comment of all time.
1: It really was. It really I, was.
0: I screenshotted that immediately because I, I think I only saw it like a week or two ago. Was, oh, my God. It, it was, was
1: so funny. It was a good comment. It was, it was a fun. hilarious comment. And and I know that woman is serious because she's hated on multiple my oh. posts. She's not a fan. So I went and I got it wow. printed onto a T-shirt. So I now have a T-shirt with the comment. And I'm I'm going to wear the T-shirt for my video where I launched the Narcissizzling podcast. That's what it's going to be called, Narcissizzling. Podcast.
0: awesome yeah so i want to i want to get back to uh we'll, we'll shift our focus right we'll at, we'll
1: have this conversation when i interview you for narcissism like, how about that
0: <laughs> awesome Shay. i look forward to that i want to shift our focus back uh, we'll finish up with you know caring and, and talking about helping the the small creator here the mm-hmm. independent creator yes what do you think about selfie videos and then i'll ask some more follow-up questions to that
1: It's the new, it's the future, man. Like these selfie videos, that is the way we communicate and consume content online. I mean, I have seen people just transform their lives with a cell phone and consistent videos of just them talking head.
0: Yeah, talking head. So what about someone who's creating those selfie videos? Maybe they've been doing it for, uh, you know, a couple of weeks or maybe even a couple of months, doing it a couple of times a week, maybe once a week, maybe four times a week but they're consistently still getting under 10 likes. And I know people mm. like this. What do you do?
1: Well, you know, this is really common with a lot of my clients is they, I, a lot of my clients don't necessarily find me cause they want to start video. They find me cause of what you just said. They already been doing video and they just can't move the needle. Um, so i would say getting a coach is crucial getting someone who understands who can because Technically, anyone can do it on their own. You know, DIY is possible. It's just the question you need to ask yourself is how long are you willing to go through trial and error, trial and error, and what is the return versus having an initial upfront investment with some cash here to get a coach to teach you all of these things so that you expedite and fast forward right. yourself six months so you don't need to go through this trial, trial and error. And frankly, even the trial and error, some people suck at and never really get pragmatic about what's working and what they need to create more of. So, um, you know, definitely look for, uh, people who understand the concept, follow video marketers, follow people like myself who also are just giving away value for free all the time. If you don't have the funds for that initial investment. Um, but you know, it's, it's really worth it. Like, you know, my program, it's anywhere from like 6,000 to $8,000, depending on what you're doing, but it's so worth it because literally the change in video content, yes, the effectiveness of now understanding how to, attract your target market and create video content for social. I mean, you you get that back te- a million times, not to mention a lot of what I teach in my program. Yeah, it's about LinkedIn, but you could carry that over to any social media platform. I mean, it's just general knowledge, digital marketing. So definitely get a coach. Don't try to figure it out on your own because you'll be swimming for a long time.
0: Gotcha. Schedule a call with Shay at for to learn about about that so do you think though that there is a point where someone who's not gaining traction should perhaps throw in the towel is there a point of of quitting if you're not getting any traction
1: um uh that's a good question i mean like i suppose there's a chance that you're just i don't know somewhat like like just you, you suck at video and you have no presence on camera and maybe you'd be better off having uh recruiting someone else at your company to be the face and the representative. Like I do believe that there is a certain level of like, you do have to have a personality for it and show up a little bit. Um,
0: but that's something you can, I mean, maybe yeah, you, and you can
1: develop that. Yeah. And the people seeking are usually already there. Like they already have some sort of ego. Like I can do this. I just need help. Right. Um,
0: so if you're yeah. if you're not getting traction, and you're not willing to hire someone to help you, then maybe maybe think about it. But if you're not getting traction, and maybe you are willing to invest a little bit in somebody like Shay or so or someone else, like then then that would certainly help you significantly. I I believe so.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think um, there's many ways and you got to experiment and find what works for you. Um, but ultimately, especially with digital marketing, social media, I mean, you got to know what you're doing. It's just right now we live in a world of, it's either black or white. Companies are kind of like, they either totally get it and they're killing it with the social media or they're lost and in the dark. They're looking for help.
0: Yeah. I think the hallmark trait of people and companies who don't get any traction on linkedin or any other platform for that matter is they're not a staple of the community they don't engage with anyone like they, they don't even yes. not only do they not reply to i mean do, not only do they not you know engage on other people's content comment on other people's posts and message people and build relationships but they don't even reply to their own comments they don't even positively reinforce the, oh. their their commenters and their potential fans right Uh, so that's like the number one thing i see do oh yeah do you are there any other hallmark traits
1: there's literally an entire module in my program about platform engagement Mm. because you need to engage not even just on your own content like you said but in the feed with other people relevant to you i mean that's a huge part of uh what comes back around on linkedin is are you also an active member of this community? And are you contributing outside of just posting your own content?
0: So the, then the number, you know, I tell people that and the number one rebuttal that I get is like, how much time does that take Jordan?
1: Right. But You're, it, hire is, an admin.
0: Yeah. Hire an admin. That's what I do. I don't,
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I <laughs> will say in the beginning, and I, and I do attribute a lot of my brands, stability and success to this initial investment upfront in the beginning. I spent like six hours a day on LinkedIn. The yeah, yeah. I, it was all me. Yeah. It was all me. I built that page. I replied to every comment personally. I replied to every message. I would. It got to the point where I would spend my entire weekend replying to messages. I would get so many messages. I'd i Sunday like all day Sunday. I'd catch up on messages. It just got to a point where it's like, okay, I think I, I think I'm good. I need help. Um, so now I do have you know salespeople, admins, uh, other brand representatives to help with the comment and message load. But I will say in the beginning i invested man i took time to message people oh thank you for engaging with my post would you follow me you know i really personally showed up and that was where i invested a lot of my time in the beginning now i will say personally i don't spend that much time on linkedin um uh, it's not really worth my time to personally be on there as much um i'm still around i mean it's my videos i'm I'm close by. I catch the narcissistic funny comments. So, um, I will say that it's a matter of delegating. Once you get big, once you scale, um, that's, you know, a natural progression for any personal brand. You start to need help. However, you're right in that initial upfront investment. You kind of have to get over yourself and just understand that like, there's no shortcuts, like put in the work.
0: Yeah, my friend Shay is so is such an important person to listen to because this, you know, Shay did not get this gigantic break. She didn't appear on like uh on you know, the, the most she, American she wasn't, Idol on, cut she wasn't me. on Oprah. American oh. <laughs> Idol
1: cut me. What was that, twenty twelve? Twenty twelve I got cut. Yeah, biggest mistake American Idol. I'm just uh, <laughs> i I really wasn't that great at singing. Yeah, so.
0: <laughs> but you didn't get like this gigantic break where you got, like a hundred thousand followers in a day. You, this was a this was a climb, and there was a lot of strategy involved. I feel that you are a champion for the the small creator. Uh, oh, I really thank do. you Yeah,
1: and and consistent. That's why I'm successful. I never quit.
0: Not. I never yeah. quit.
1: I just kept going.
0: Got gotcha. you. What do most people who uh, you know are just starting out not know about content creation? What are they missing?
1: People typically create what they like and not what others want or what's actually valuable. Um, people typically think from their own perspective what's interesting to them, what strokes their own ego. And it takes a heavy dose of self-awareness to step outside yourself and gain the perspective of the user and truly start to operate and create from a place of what's just valuable, what will get people to stop scrolling. Um, I struggle with this. I still, to this day, struggle with this. I'll make a headline. I'll read it. I'll be like, is that really a good headline for the user, Shay? Or do you just like that?
0: <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do
1: you just think that looks good? You know, um, So... That's a big thing, you know, and and pay attention to what makes you stop scrolling in the newsfeed on social media. Mm. Why did this piece of content stop me? Why did I watch this all the way to the end? What was it about? What was the headline? How long was the video? Who, who was it? A a woman in the video? What, you know, you just, you you just have to almost kind of reverse engineer it and get really, really pragmatic. I mean, that's, I was not an analytical chick before this marketing business. I mean, I was way too right-brained, way too artistic Fully operating from ego and what I liked and what I what made me feel good, I mean, I really did a 180, uh, accumulating all that data over the years at my last startup because I saw how well, actually, in business in general as well, but how in digital marketing, it's all about the facts, it's all about logic, what works, what performs well for you. You know, go through your your last month of posting, what was the what were the highest five, the the most engaged pieces of content, and why. And how can you replicate that? How can you create more of that? So really, following the data, really getting in, into your left brain. Obviously, the right brain is important. That's where we create. That's where we're all artists. It's beautiful. But if it's not coupled with some logic, yeah. you're going to be like I was five years ago, just a starving artist who no one knew who I was. So,
0: Shay, what do you think about the term influencer?
1: Oh man, it's trashed, isn't it? I I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, it's it's kind of like. I don't know. It's um it's a descriptor. It's a word I typically find an influencer to just be anyone who's showing up consistently influencing people. I mean, it it could you could have 5,000 followers or 5 million. It's everyone is an influencer in their own Influence right. Influencing what way? Um yeah, you have a mission. You know, you have a uh purpose and your Uh, people, people trust you. That's really what it is. Do people follow you? Do people respect you? Do people look at you as the authority? Do you have some sort of influence over a group of people, which we all do? I mean, all humans are influencers on some level or another, but I do believe that the term influencer has gained a bad rep for sure. Um, Yeah, because of the volume of vanity on on social media with the influencers. Not that all influencers are vain. In fact, a lot of the successful ones, a lot of my friends, are more like me, where they grew an influence because they were raw and authentic. Um, But a lot of them are vain. A lot of them are females with attractive bodies Uh using that to grow a following, and you know, and to each his own. You know, it's there's a supply and a demand. There's a reason sex sells. I'm not demonizing those women, but the problem is it's kind of created this resentment for influencers where I do feel that a lot of people are using their influence for shallow purposes. They're selling nutrition powders, they're, you know, it's like kind of that cliché influencer world where it's like they're just trying to make money off their off their page. They don't really care about the message behind the ad or the products or services they are promoting. And this isn't all influencers, but I almost feel like that kind of like stereotypical vain, you know, Instagram influencer takes the cake where that's kind of become the definition. And it's why there is this kind of negative connotation around the word influencers where they've almost become like a non-trustworthy thing. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I still call myself an influencer. I don't really get hung up in the labels, what they mean, what they don't. It's just about, is it effective when I meet someone new and they have no context of who Shay Robottom is. It's usually just pretty effective to say like, I'm a video influencer on LinkedIn because people can kind of start to understand what that means. So it's a descriptor. It's a word I will use. I'm not attached to it. If somebody says you're not an influencer, I don't care. Like I don't need the label. It's, um, It's just a word that is really prevalent in our time, but I do feel that it's mostly gained a negative connotation through a lot of the the vain influencers out there today.
0: So simply put, Shay Rowbottom is influencing people to realize video is the way. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, to realize video is the way, to realize we are suffering from mass depression, mass trauma. We have a lot of things to feel, work through. Mass like,
0: depression. Oh my gosh. I yeah. Feel like, I feel like it's a, my friend said this weekend, it's like a flawed design. Like this is like a, it's like an epidemic and it's like everyone at one point or another is depressed. Yeah. Like,
1: Like, that's a flawed design. Yeah, it's so sad, you know, and that's why I'm really blessed that I, even though I've been a video marketer, and that's kind of my, you know, professional title and whatnot, I'm really glad that I decided to, when from the start growing my personal brand, I'm really glad I decided to always touch on mental health, my personal struggle with mental health, but also just these deeper topics in general. Uh, Because the older I get, the more I I do really want to go into that field of work. And now I have a following that's not only here for marketing, but they love my realness and how I talk about basically uh, what's causing the dysfunction in today's society where there are so many unfulfilled, unhappy, depressed, and sick individuals. So I think we're waking up. I think more and more people are starting to see like something's wrong here. Like we're not in a system that's like designed to heal, to suit the human spirit, all that. So I really look forward to being able to, um, continue to be a voice for, um, this bullshit is what it is. I'll call it out. Just a lot of fakeness, a lot of status quo, a lot of narcissism, living for your parents, your parents are living Mm -hmm. for their parents. That's just Mm -hmm. what everyone thinks Mm -hmm. is normal. It's, it's, I mean, and that's why I'm going to, talk that's why i'm theming the podcast around narcissism people might think that's a little niche for Shay Robottom, who covers an array of topics but the point is it's everywhere narcissism is seeped into every point of our society so it does relate to everything and and it is something that i have a huge passion in influencing others to become aware of so we can start to raise a healthier generation
0: powerful thank you for doing that work Shay. yes and absolutely yeah and to keep up with shay and the podcast the forthcoming podcast shay Robottom on linkedin very easy to find if you just google her she's got a unique enough name for her to come up i'm not so lucky jordan like jordan the shoe brand, and then paris is like every it'll be like jordan jordan the jordan brand shoes made this shoe with the name paris in it and it's like i am screwed no even, even though my domain authority is like Thirty,
1: no, which is really
0: good. Uh, so I'm screwed.
1: I didn't uh, know that about yeah. the Paris shoe because I always thought was Paris terrible. was so unique.
0: Yeah, it it is, but if it's your a first name's, name if your first name's
1: Jordan, it doesn't yeah. Matter. Well, but it's funny you. because people always ask me. People I, for whatever reason, a lot of people think the name Robottom is fake and like I made it up. Like they they'll say like, how'd you come up with your name? And I'm like, well, it's just my name. It's a rare name. I think it's more common in like England, but Robotom's rare. But the funny thing is Shay is actually not my real name. <laughs> it's uh. it's Shannon is my full name. I switched it to Shay when I was 18 and everyone always asks if my last name's fake, but they assume my first name. So it's so funny. I'm always like, no, it's my last name, but I did change my name to Shay many years ago. Um, yeah, nobody calls me Shannon anymore, but that is my real name.
0: <laughs> Shannon, it's like it's like uh, people calling Q Quentin. Oh yeah, uh, nobody
1: nobody calls him Quentin. <laughs> no,
0: No, I, I made the mistake. I accidentally did it when we were first starting to talk, And he's like, I don't think anyone's ever called me that. But I do
1: I do it sometimes just to, yeah, get, to, just to get to him. Yeah. I
0: heard you do. Yeah. So before I narcissistically cut in, Shay Robottom yes. on LinkedIn and Instagram and Shay Schedule a call. Uh, make things happen on LinkedIn. Shay. I appreciate you. My final question is uh, if you could teach a course at university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? Uh,
1: Mental health, personal development. I would teach a course on um, basically educating people on how to identify their childhood insecurities, their childhood wounds, um, because it all comes back to our parents. You know, if you're triggered by an adult in your waking life, if your boyfriend keeps pissing you off, it's not your boyfriend, it's not these people in your current life. It's something unresolved from your childhood that your parents made you feel and never got dealt with. That's where all of our insecurities come from. Um, So really just teaching people to tap back into that so that they can ultimately dismantle these negative core beliefs and live a life truly... Um, of their own creation and from an authentic place and be fulfilled.
0: Shay, I appreciate you. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Jordan.
0: We've reached the end of this episode
1: of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.